Most people settle because they don't know how to maximize the potential that God has given them. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast, where we help young leaders navigate the challenges and opportunities of their future and faith. Each episode, we'll be giving the mic to young leaders to ask tough questions to some of the world's most influential voices. We're excited you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast. I'm Dina Davidson, Discipleship Director of Thrive College and host of the podcast. Today in the studio, joining us virtually, we have the one and only Nathan Finocchio. Give it up. Oh, guys, that was not very amped. Should I try it again? Yeah. Give it up for Nathan Finocchio. Okay. Okay. All right. And then also, um, before we kick off, Nathan, just want to welcome you to the podcast. So Julian and Macy, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we'll do some rapid-fire questions for Nathan. Uh, So hey, I'm Julian. I'm a Thrive College student, and I intern under the production branch. Uh, Hopefully one day my goal is to be the um, production manager for a church somewhere. Cool. Love it. I'm Macy. I'm also a Thrive College student. Um, I currently work in the special needs ministry, well, intern in the special needs ministry, and uh, I hope to stay in ministry and one day just become a good communicator. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Okay, so some rapid fire questions. Uh, where were you born? Where do you live now? Hopefully Franklin, Tennessee, which is where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And But if not, it's okay. And uh, what is one thing about your youth that you wish more people knew? Mm. Okay, so I was born in Canada, um, just outside of Toronto in Ontario, the province of Ontario. And um, I live now in, yeah, Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And uh, one thing that I wish people knew about my childhood, um, gosh, uh, was that I uh, uh, went to a very strict Christian school with about 50 kids in it. And it was, um, it was hell on earth. And, but I'm very thankful for my, my Christian education. Man, you've got some roots with Lewis, who said that his days at his Catholic boarding school, some of the darkest days of his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, and surprised by, and surprised by hope. Yeah. Or, or sorry, surprised, surprised by, joy. by joy. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. So um, with that interesting factoids about Nathan, let's go ahead and kick it off with our first question, Julian. Um, so my question was, uh, can we truly know who God is? So how do I worship somebody who and connect to somebody and know somebody who is outside of time, space and matter, right? right. Uh, because I, I, I can never I can't go to where he lives. I can only in fact, I only really exist. I mean, there's an eternal part of me, right? That is spirit, um, and that inter- that eternal part of me uh, connects to that spirit, you know, land that part of God or whatever. Um, but um, and we have these spiritual experiences, and we know that right. The undeniable always trumps the unexplainable, and and we get these impressions spiritually, and we're like, man, I felt God, and and that's not God in time, space, or matter. It's like us, I guess, in time though, connecting to spirit. Um, but yeah, like, but how do I like verify that? And how do I know that I'm really, that I actually know God, um, and I'm actually connecting to him. And, and so, um, in order for me to know God, God has to invade the time space continuum and he has to make himself known. 
right. because I I can't go into into his space. He has to come into my space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the story of Scripture. The story of Scripture is this God who is spirit who invades the time-space continuum and shows up and he's like, hi, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, and so he reveals himself to to Abraham. Um, of course, he revealed himself to Adam and Eve um, who knew him and reveals himself throughout the Genesis story to, to various people, but really to Abraham and that's the that's the biblical story. The biblical story is this God who invades the time space continuum. I mean, ultimately, uh, in the incarnation in Jesus Christ, right? God literally becomes well the second person of the Trinity. Jesus um, takes on flesh, um, and you know becomes human and incarnate. So it's a mystery, um, and He dwells among us. So that so how can I truly know God? The only way I can truly know God is if God. Number one, initiates, and he invades the time-space continuum. Um, and um, if God first reveals himself, I, I can't know I'm married to Jasmine. Check it out. <laughs> Smallest handcuffs in the world. How um, many years? Nine years. Oh. And um, I can't know Jazzy unless Jazzy reveals herself to me. Like, I can make all kinds of guesstimates about who she is and what she likes and what she doesn't like and what what she is like um but um but i those would just be projections right um our our culture is full of people with projections you know like oh god's like this and god's like oh i could never worship a god that's like that it's like okay like you're just do you not see that you that's a fabrication of your mind and, and in some ways you're just worshiping yourself a god of your own making mm-hmm. um but um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have to ask questions of Jazz, and I I can't know Jazzy. Tr- I can know Jazzy truly. I'm never going to know her exhaustively, you know. Like I'm never going to know God exhaustively, as in everything to know that there is about God, dude. Yeah. Even in eternity, when we look up at Him, we're going to still. I'm probably going to be as baffled as ever. Yeah. Right. He has no beginning. He has no end. Like, what am I going to do with that? It's it's, and that's probably going to be cause you know, for pr- the praise of his glory forever, right? They're just going to, every day, just looking at me like, what is, who are you? That's insane. And then you just worship, right? Um, I'm never going to know God exhaustively. So good. But I can know him truly. Um, I can know God, as Wayne Grudem says, accurately. I like Wayne Grudem. I don't care who doesn't. Um, who doesn't? Why don't they? I don't know, because whatever, because he's a, he's a, he's a complimentarian. All of the, the, the progressives hate it. Um, but um, but all that to say, I, I like that. I I can know God accurately, and so that's what the scriptures are. The scriptures are God revealing Himself, coming into the time space continuum, and saying, "This is who I am." Because anything else is just projection. It's just me guesstimating about who God is, um, and um, and we can't do that. I, is, is my mic cutting in or out? Is it just me? Can you guys hear that? No, yeah, you sound good? great to us. Okay, I think it was just my, oh, it was my headphones. Yeah, whatever. We just bought them, and they're from China. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Um, so I, um, th- so that's 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 kind of my 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 thesis. My thesis is that I can't know, I can't even know my wife truly unless she reveals herself. Right. I can't, like, so how much God? Like, God's a person, right. and as a person, he has preferences, and he doesn't want to be, misunderstood he doesn't want to be projected upon my wife hates it when i say things about her that are not true like it's her biggest pet peeve um 
you know, if I'd miss, how do you not know me? How do you not know that I hate that type of food? Why would you order that? Why would you order barbecue? You know, I don't like barbecue. Every now and then I'll have some barbecue and I don't mind it, but I don't want to eat barbecue every single night like you, Nathan. Nathan, you'll eat barbecue every single night, but I don't want to eat barbecue every night. Like that's that's true about my wife. She likes barbecue, but she doesn't want to eat it every single night. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, I want to eat it every single night. Okay. And so that's true. If I said something that's untrue, like either she hates barbecue, not true, or that she wants to eat it every night, not true, right? She's going to be like, who are you? How do you not know me? Right. Right. Um, Or if I start saying that, uh, like my wife loves arty, artsy movies. She likes all kinds of movies, to be quite honest. Um, but she doesn't like necessarily prefer, uh, you know, straight to Netflix, you know, Nicolas Cage explosions. You know, like that's that, that's my kind of movie. Um, you know, like I, I just like to watch everything that's exploding, war, all that stuff, right? <laughs> I just want to watch one genre, whereas my wife loves everything. If I started to tell people my wife only watches war movies, it's all she watches, it's all she cares about. Right. She hates anime. She hates, you know, whatever. It'll be, that'll be inaccurate, right? Mm-hmm. And that'll be projection. Um, and that's what we have in the world is we have a lot of people who just project. That's why we have so many religions. It's just projection. And it's not the God of the universe who has invaded the time-space continue and revealed himself. Um, and so that's what Christianity is. Christianity yeah. is going, God has revealed himself, and I'm going to worship him as he has revealed himself. And I'm not going to be some projecting uh, loser, um, who just makes stuff up about him right. <laughs> to satisfy, like to what end, right? Yeah. Um, that was a lot of, that was a lot, but I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's, there, there's, there's my best answer. Thank you. That's so helpful. I think, man, I just am thinking about how much we all care about our own ability to explain who we are. And you think mm-hmm. about how many, even movies are about, oh, I'm just so misunderstood. And it's this big, like, hey, this is who I actually am. It's this process of self-discovery and then sharing it with the world. And we're all rooting for the hero. Like, yeah, you're revealing who you are. But then when it comes to God, just like you're saying, Nathan, we all want to worship him in the way that we want to see God, as opposed to just humbly submitting to that self-revelation, which is the only way we Mm -hmm. can actually know him. I love that. That is so helpful. It's really good. Great first question, Julian. Macy, what, what's a great next question? Um, myself and other people I know have been um, hurt in the church. So what's a way that I can learn how to heal with uh, church hurt? What's a way that you can navigate church hurt? Is, did I understand that correctly? Yeah. That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> I think um, here's a couple of things, statements about church. Number one, churches are full of people. Number two, people suck. <laughs> it's so biblical. It's so right? biblical. So, um, yeah, like, um, and oh, here's a great thought. Number th- follow-up thought. Number three, I'm a person, mm-hmm. and the reason why the church that I'm a part of sucks is because I'm there. Ooh, ouch! That one hurt. Right. So like, so biblical. So I'm churches are full of people. People suck. I'm a person. I'm in that church. And the reason why my church isn't perfect is because I'm there. Um, I think that that is a, a simple kind of like a Occam's razor answer to that really complex question of like, how do I navigate church hurts? Like, well, wherever there's people, be it, a baseball team. Man, I had some baseball team hurt. 
Like I started playing baseball and I was like seven or eight. It was the worst. Coaches were the worst. Parents were the worst. Teammates were the worst. Um, the only thing great about baseball was when it was over and you got to eat a popsicle. Um, and, um, but you know, to be honest with you, like I, I loved baseball and I put up with it. Um, and I kept on going back every year to play organized baseball, <laughs> just like bracing for all the new people that I'd have to tolerate. Um, organized hockey, uh, same thing. It's awful. It was just, it was horrible. Boys are horrible to each other and we're mean. And, and like, I had a lot of hockey hurt and I had baseball hurt and, and, um, high school, my God, like, how do you navigate high school hurt? Well, the same way that you navigate church hurt, just very similarly, or just helping to understand it. Like it's full of people and people are mean and people do stupid things. Now, you know, one could, could, um, repost. Well, Nate. Yeah. But churches are supposed to be full of Christians. Um, you know, so it's supposed to be like a safe place. And I'm like, yeah, but what are Christians? They are sinners that are saved by grace. Right. Like the you can either use the church as a proof that Christianity is awesome. Looking, depending on the way you look, if you look at it like, man, churches are horrible. I can fit in. Yeah, yeah, I can belong to a church because churches are full of horrible people and I'm a horrible person. If you have like that revelation, if God's given you by the grace of God. And by the mercy of God, that you have had a revelation of how terrible you are. Now, you would have had to be, you know, uh, somebody who was a teenager in the in the eighties or nineties when we used to preach sin. Um, then, then maybe, maybe then you'll go, okay, like my expectation is now I get it. Wow, I get it. But yeah, one of my concerns for young people is like, we just don't tell you how awful you really are. <laughs> And so you you think that other people are as wonderful, and then you're surprised and shocked that other people are awful when, you know, because we don't talk about sin, large definitions of sins, you know, problem how problematic things are, and yeah. and then we're just shocked that that churches suck, but churches are they're they're full of people. People suck, I suck, and I'm a part of this church, and so I'm part of the problem. Um, so I think that having like a realistic um, theology or a realistic philosophy mm-hmm. of what you're getting yourself into. And just like how, you know, Oh, I don't like churches because they're full of hypocrites, bro. Hypocrites are everywhere. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Anywhere you go, people are going to be hypocritical. Like what are the, I'm just against organized religion. You against organization in general is yeah. just, you just, you know? Um, so I think, uh, now let's talk about something that happens. Let's be a bit more precise. That was kind of like a 40,000 foot level. I think that that will help. And I think that should like set some people free. Just like, yeah, like, you know, and and with that, you can sort of temper and hedge your bets. So it's like, you know, hold on to your purse when you go to church, you know, like don't overshare, Um, you know, like, because if you know that churches are full of people that are horrible, then just, yeah, be, watch your kids, you know, like. So, you know, you'll be a bit more diligent because there's sinners in there. There's people that have problems that will, they'll steal from you and they'll lie to you. <laughs> that's the, that's why they're there. You know, like, yeah. um, uh, so that there's that. Um, but then, um, let's talk about the higher, uh, holding clergy 
and people in leadership um, and people who call themselves pastors or are called pastors or people that are ordained, people that are in ministry and holding them to a higher standard. Yeah. So for example, it's one thing to get hurt by a guy in this pew that's next to you because you know, your friends are mean at youth group or whatever. It's another thing when there's abuse coming from authority and how do we deal with that? That kind of church hurt. Right. Um, yeah, that that's the hardest. That's the hardest. And oftentimes, you know, your options are depending on it, you know, it's hard to, to speak to because every situation is totally unique. It's like trying to talk about divorce and remarriage. It's like every single divorce is totally unique. Right. Um, there's big general principles in the Bible that we could talk about church hurt, like forgive. Um, um, there's, you know, I mean, man, if I was in a, in a church and the pastor was abusing people or was, you know, I would hope that the eldership would hold them accountable. If the eldership didn't, I'd be, I'd leave, you know, go find a healthy church. Um, the truth is that most churches are, are great churches. Most pastors are great pastors. You know, we, uh, it takes one or two like videos of like an airplane crashing where everybody all, all is like scared of, of right. flying. Um, but nobody talks about like the millions of flights that take off and land every single day. Um, and I think that that is the, your average church in, a, in America and throughout the world. Is these, these are people who love Jesus, don't want to hurt people. Um, and you have a lot of faithful pastors. But yes, there are exceptions out there. And so how do you navigate church hurt uh, individually is I think you find somebody that you trust, a parent, a pastor, maybe a, a therapist, and you work through that stuff. Um, you find you find a place that is trustworthy, a good place where there's good pastors. So the fix for for a bad church experience is a good church experience, mm -hmm. um, and um, and the like. The fix for a bad baseball experience is a great baseball experience. You know, like the, the fix for a bad basketball team is a is a good basketball team, or a bad school a good school. You know, we don't write these organizations off or these things that we love off because we have bad experiences. And my concern would be to people who are hurt, have been hurt in churches is think of, you know, the church is good for you. You know, it's good for you. And that's why you were attending and you had these high hopes. And I'm sorry that you were hurt. And I'm sorry that there's bad people out there. And I'm sorry that there's pastors who lie and, and hurt people and take a, and, you know, and abuse people. And there's really some really horrible, I've heard so many, you know, I wouldn't say so many, but many horrible stories, um, about abuses, but I would just say, um, the healing is not to just write the church off or to write hockey off or to write baseball off or whatever the thing is, but find a really great healthy expression and don't, and look for health. Uh, maybe um, some of the things that we've chalked up to be healthy aren't healthy. We, maybe we put priorities on things like, Oh, you know, I just, I need to find a church that's safe and a safe church uses lasers on Sunday mornings. And I'm, I like lasers. And I've been a part of church with lasers my whole life. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that shouldn't be the reason why you go. Like, I just like the, he's, that pastor's sexy. I just really, I like how his muscles, you know, it's like, maybe that's not the best reason to go to that church. Like find out like, you know, like, does he love God? Is there an eldership? Are they mm -hmm. part of a denomination that there's oversight and there's accountability? And you know what I mean? Like just maybe do some due diligence and, um, so that's how, that's how, th th those are some of my, those are some of my thoughts, but, but big thought is don't abandon it. 
um, or leave it because of that experience in, in like as in writing it off in totality. Um, find a healthy expression. There are great experiences out there that will help bring healing to your bad experience. That's really good. That's good. So good. I can just imagine there is this tension for all of us listening of like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's really hard. And mm. um, I think just Jesus is in that hard journey with you. And mm-hmm. so if you're walking through church hurt, um, as Nathan acknowledged, some of you, some really, really dramatic, um, abusive situations that would just break our hearts if we were to sit down and, and listen. Um, I just encourage you to find that safe person, like Nathan said, and to process it with them, knowing that ultimately Jesus is the only one that can heal that pain. Um, but very true. Usually, the way Jesus works is he actually, just like Nathan said, he heals through community, he heals through his people. So there's a mm-hmm. healing that he will do just between you and him. And then there's a healing that comes in processing the story with safe individuals. And so don't mm. give up on finding those safe individuals within the body of Christ. So, Excellent. So we always have one final question that we love to ask on the podcast. But before I ask it, is there any place we should go to find you? Obviously, Theos you. But if we want to follow you and learn more from your teachings, where can we find you? Um, buyer beware. I am on Instagram. Um, it gets a little hectic. It gets a little crazy. Social media, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. I like, I like to mix it up. I like to have a little fun, but Nathan Finocchio on Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok, but I never use it. I don't think I'm ever going to use it. I just, I don't know how I feel about TikTok at the moment, to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there. And then, um, Theos U, uh, at Theos University. Um, on Instagram, um, we we post you know quite a lot of kind of things that we're up to, things that we're doing. Um, those would probably be um, some good places. And then if you're a reader, um, I've written a couple of books: "Hearing God" um, and "Killer Church." Those are both on um, Amazon. Love it, perfect. Okay, final question: the one that we yeah. ask at the end of every single episode. He's getting ready. Give it to me. Like, oh yeah. Give it right. to me. It's good. Good. You did a little stretch. Um, <laughs> if you could say one thing to a young Christian leader, what would it be? If I could say one thing to a young Christian leader, mm-hmm. I would say that the Bible is the measure of all of your spiritual experiences. And the Bible is God's word. And um, the whole Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, all of it's God's word. And if you get to a part in the Bible that you don't like, assume that you're wrong and the Bible's right. Um, And don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, Hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And your mind is renewed by scripture. Um, So that's what I'd say. Don't throw the Bible out. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that's happening at the moment. Everybody tossing scripture out and having their own views of scripture. Um, and, um, and we need to, we need to share, we need to abide in Jesus's words. Jesus is a person yeah. and Jesus has words. Wow. And we can't divorce Jesus from his words. Um, even if we don't like them, even if they're not popular, even if they might get us canceled. Yeah. Um, so, so good. um, 
the book of John is like a really, really great place to start um, getting familiar with Jesus and his yeah. words. Uh, it's like a bird's eye view into who he is, who he said he was, um, how he feels and thinks about a, a lot of different things. Um, so I'd highly recommend know the book of John inside and out and um, protect the Bible. I love it. Anything more from you guys? Um, I think I'm all good, yeah. Okay. I just want to say thank you, Nathan. I mean, we gave you two really great, but, man, tough questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we know God? And what do you do with this small thing called church hurt? So thank you for pouring into us truth and wisdom and really appreciate everything that you shared and the way that you've called us to the person of Jesus and the words of Jesus. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on the Thrive College Podcast. We hope that today's episode has empowered you to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of your future and your faith. If you really enjoyed our conversation today and appreciated what we had to offer, we would love for you to write a five-star written review and share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.